0: Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Taylor. You can get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, as you may be aware, some polling we did recently with our friends at ARW Strategy shows that the Secretary of State race is statistically tied. That's Democrat Destiny Scott Wells, Diego Morales, Republican, and Jeff Mauer, Libertarian. Uh, the, basically, the breakdown is uh, Destiny Wells leads thirty-one, Diego Morales twenty-eight, and Jeff Mauer is at seven percent, and thirty-four percent at this point are undecided. So, what's going to happen in the Secretary of State race? let will talk about that and some other things. Is one of the, the the leader in the Secretary's race right now is Destiny Scott Wells. So, Destiny, how's it going?
1: Hey, it's going great. I was happy to see that poll you
0: put out. (laughs) I I kind of figured uh, you guys would be. Uh, So first of all, before we get to polling, how's the campaign going? What are you hearing? What are people talking about out there?
1: So the campaign has a ton of energy. I would say it's going great. Um, we've just had our nose to the grindstone since January, and I think we're starting to see the fruits of that. What I'm hearing is I'm hearing from both sides, obviously our Democrats, our progressive voters, who are just really um, getting riled up on the issues that we are seeing um, that had been percolating are, and are now at a full, full broil. And so those and then also moderate Republicans have had, um, and I've been saying this since convention that we had been fielding calls, but uh, those calls have not stopped, and so we are courting both our own progressives and now the moderate Republican.
0: Uh, how do you, well, let's start with Paul first and we'll get to the moderate Republican in just a second. Uh, our polling data showed you at 31%, Diego Morales 28%, uh, Jeff Maurer uh, 7%, and so sort that of 34% undecided. What does that tell you?
1: Well, that tells me that people still don't like to express in a poll (laughs) 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 their, their conscience and how they're going to vote, um, in, in the privacy of the poll booth. Um, but what that tells me is that there is a huge opportunity there to continue how we have been moving forward in a very pragmatic way to, to get those voters that those undecideds, uh, to vote for a candidate who wants to uphold democracy and the rule of law, believe it or not, at the end of the day, um, Many Hoosier voters just want those things first, um, and and so you know we continue those discussions with them, and we are pulling them um, over. I would say not uh, singly, like in singles, but they're coming over in groups at this point.
0: One of the things that I noticed uh, in the poll that our friends at ARW Strategies did were the high number of undecided Republicans, like people who say, you "Now, how do you identify yourself? Republican, Democrat, other." And Diego only had about 59, 60 percent of the Republicans and more than a third of them were undecided. We have less than 100 days to go in an election. What does that tell you?
1: Well, so I want to backtrack just a little because this race started out me hearing that it was going to be impossible for me to win. And that was from, you know, partners in the media. It's going to be impossible for destiny to win because that's just the landscape in Indiana. Uh, then I think a Briggs article came out and it was like, well, she's got a slim chance to win. And so now we have moved out of possibilities into the probability to win. And so our trajectory is much higher, is much more steep um, Start since starting in January with um, Mr. Morales having campaigned now for almost two years. We're gaining ground very quickly. I think that that undecided portion in the Republican Party is a just a conversation that Republicans are having in general across the nation with how they feel about the party and where the party is headed. You know, it was I don't think I've talked to you since the convention and um, at the convention. There was a lot of infighting within the party and a lot of surprise that this far right movement had kind of cannibalized the party at convention through those delegates that they had packed um, into convention. So I think that is what is going on. You know, a, a large part of. Um, our population isn't like us. They don't, I mean, they don't go like look at the issues day to day, you know, and consider themselves politicos. They're just trying to live their everyday lives. And so I think um, it's going to take a couple more months of reinforcing that message of who we are instead of just who Diego is, you know, and that's um, that's been a challenge in this race and something that this poll has allowed us to do. It started to allow us to talk more about who we are and why we're better for Hoosiers.
0: Our guest on the program day is Destiny Scott Wells. She is a Democratic candidate uh, for secretary of state and leading the polls uh, right now. So we just had to bring on the program. We just kind to talk about some of the big issues facing her in the, her campaign. Uh, you talked about uh, appealing to those moderate Republicans. Uh, how do you do that? And sort of this almost sort of hyper-partisan atmosphere. Because you have your Democrat progressives on the one hand that you got to keep your base going, but you also got to appeal those independent and those moderate Republican voters to, to win as a Democrat in Indiana.
1: Right, and I talk about this often. It's almost like I'm on uh, a tight wire, and I have to make sure that I balance between two groups. Like the famous film of the
0: guy walking on the tight wire between walking on the tight wire between the World Trade Centers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I hope to I I hope to have notoriety, yes, to that level (laughs) level so I can win. no, it's, it's making sure that we stay true to our democratic ideals, right? That we message to Democrats who um, the issue there is trying to activate voters, activate new voters, right? I, I said, I had a conversation with a woman on the state house steps the other day and she didn't know that Supreme Court justices aren't voted in. And it was, a it, she, so she doesn't know a lot about government, hasn't been engaged before, but she's mad and she wants to be there now. So it's, it's activating new voters, but then also being pragmatic and um, messaging to those moderate Republicans that I am the best candidate for the state of democracy in Indiana, that if we vote in my opponent, it is only going to get worse. And so that is the balancing act of trying to make sure that we are like we we have those ideals, but that we pro- approach them very pragmatically. And I think what that has challenged us to, to do in this race is what everybody wants. It's challenging a, um, a, a candidate to talk to middle America. Right. Middle America who feels left behind, who feels like that this very polarized um, positioning between a two party system is leaving them feeling unheard and not represented. And so I think that this has kind of been a blessing, right, to have to be challenged in this way and cultivate those relationships with Hoosiers that necessarily we would not have been so focused on because we would have been trying to appease the people within our own party.
0: Uh, What is your message to those moderate Republicans, to those independent voters, that, hey, here's why you should vote for Destiny Scott-Wells as your secretary of state?
1: My background speaks for itself. I have 19 years of military service since the age I was 19. So, look, it's a lifestyle in my family. I serve, my husband serves, we're a service family. Everything we do is for country first, always. Always. And so with that background and then having my professional training as an attorney, you know, you and I both are attorneys. And so we have to be ethical in how we message, how we explain the law is. We can't be telling untruths. We can't we can't be lying to the public. This is the law. This is how the law is supposed to work. And and so I bring that technical expertise, along with the spirit of patriotism from my military service. And I think it's the perfect combination for this office. You know, technically, information security is where my background is. I'm an intelligence officer. So as far as running elections and integrity issues, um, and improving our election process and infrastructure, you know, that that's where my background is. And then couple with the legal experience.
0: Our guest on the program today is Destiny Scott-Wells, Democratic candidate for Secretary of State. So we're just going to talk about the Secretary of State's race and a few other things as well. Uh, Destiny, uh, obviously, uh, right now, uh, I want to say online, uh, Diego's been outlining sort of his positions. Uh, One of the progressive uh, folks put up a tweet with some uh, video with Diego kind of talking about sort of his positions are. Uh, What is your issue problem with, uh, he talked about a couple things, absentee ballots and voter ID say we need a stricter voter id needed to limit uh sort of absentee ballots by mail have people vote in person unless you're military or that sort of thing.
1: I thought it was very muddled and confusing his platform points and I and I feel like they've also changed drastically. Um why are we talking about voter id? We already have a stat our statute on the books that we are one of 7 states with strict voter id. What I don't understand why he's saying we need Unless he thinks I, I believe that we should get rid of voter ID, which I don't. I think that we could expand voter ID as to the types of ID we uh, accept, but that would have to go through the legislature. So, so I don't understand where he's going with voter ID. We already have it. I think maybe it's posturing to then say I want you to prove citizenship. And so what does that mean? And I don't think he understands the parameters of that either. It's a legal argument that's been I think um b- being discussed and uh litigated in Arizona, but trying to does he want us to bring our birth certificates? But then he says that's not voter suppression. And not any superfluous paper hurdle in front of voting. It's voter suppression. You already Went by the through the process of voter registration, establish that you're a citizen. You use your social security number, or you use your li- driver's license number, and you attest that you um, are a citizen. So it's gimmicks. I, I find it just as a gimmick to uh, to try to, you know. Um, this this argument of voter confidence, of lack of voter and of election integrity, that that is just what that all is. It's just all, it's all kind of smoke and mirrors. And what we need to do is we need to have professionals in the office who are really focusing on the things that matter. Like, let's look as to why we are 46th in the nation in registered voter turnout. Let's start there. And how can we improve? Not how can we make it worse? How can we get to 47th or 48th or, or last? Um, and so, Th- those are my thoughts on his platform. Oh. Or there are m- many points. Oh, one other. Well,
0: yeah, one thing about those absentee va- uh, yeah. voting absentee by mail, saying that it should only be for military folks, or you have to sort of prove you're not going to be in town on election day, that sort of thing.
1: Right. So he, multiple times he has limited it to four instances: disabled, sick, in the military, uh, and out of town on election day. So right now we have 11, I believe, exceptions for um, vote-by-mail absentee ballots. One of those large exceptions that touches a large part of our electorate is for 65 and older. And it really surprised me that he doesn't want uh, mail and absentee for our seniors, especially because... um, Abdul, I believe that they largely vote for a Republican last. (laughs) (laughs) So it seems that that isn't even in line with the party. Um, Another reason for Republicans to vote for destiny uh, is that we need to just maintain the the status quo and go from there um, and keeping in mind safety and security and make sure that we're doing it. um,
0: On the issue of uh, voter ID and uh, sort of expanding the types of ID that you can use. I know there's been talk about uh, having uh, college students use their college IDs, even though their college IDs may not—they may, not, may not necessarily be a resident of Indiana, even though they are—even though they're attending Indiana University.
1: Well, let's, we, you can, we can look at college IDs even with public university versus a private university, right? Like, why should I be able to show up with my IU photo ID and then somebody, I don't know, from Hanover or something shows up with their ID and it's not accepted? And so there are just really easy ways to expand voter ID, in, and it's in a responsible way. Uh, and that's something that I would want to entertain as Secretary of State.
0: Destiny Scott Wells with us for a few more minutes on the program today. The Democratic candidate for uh, Secretary of State. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, the abortion issue. Not so much what your position is, because it has nothing to do with the Secretary of, of State's office. But sort of the the level of civic engagement. Uh, we just as we record this interview, uh, we just saw yesterday uh, folks in Kansas, a very red state, voted for Donald Trump, Mitt Romney, uh, several times. Uh, they came out, uh, and a hundred more than a hundred thousand people came out and voted than usually do in primaries. To vote against uh, the referendum that would have got made, it, which would have taken abortion, out of, sort of taken abortion out of their constitution. say There's no right to an abortion. What does that tell you? Not about not so much about the abortion. What does that tell you about civic engagement?
1: I think it tells us that voters react to issues, and so this is an issue that drove out voters in higher numbers than they had seen, and so. Let's look at the political landscape that Hoosiers are having to live through day to day. I mean, it it feels like we're triaging one crisis to the next on this campaign, not because of us, but because of the environment. There's a mass shooting. Let's talk about guns. There's abortion, you know, uh, SB1. Let's talk about abortion. And so that is what Kansas tells me. It's that people react to issues that they feel that they can, that are a little bit more tangible um, than say like some expansive platform that's built upon your ideals and your values. Uh, And so we just keep being handed these issues throughout this cycle and we must um, mobilize and activate new voters based upon those issues. Now you say, you know, with the secretary of state's office, you know, yeah, I don't legislate uh, social issues, um, but I think what we need to look at as a chief election officer is that this is the f- this is the fallout of gerrymandering. All of these issues are symptoms of gerrymandering. And so let's look at why Hoosiers voices aren't being accurately represented at the state house. And let's attack. Let's let's start to um, talk gerrymandering and redistricting. I know it's a decade away. But just like last redistricting, it's upon us, you know, and we haven't we don't have a plan in place. So let's get that plan together and make sure that we redistrict in a responsible way.
0: If you were to win the secretary of state's race, Bob, how do you work with a Republican, assuming Republicans still, well, they may may lose their majority because of some things, but they'll still basically be the majority in the House and Senate. How do you work with a Republican legislature to do the things that you want to do as secretary of state, particularly being a Democrat and not end up like a Glenda Ritz?
1: Right. You have to be very strategic in how you go into that office. Yes, because you will be the Democrat against a Republican supermajority. And, you know, for the time being, there will be a Republican governor. And so you have to make your the change needs to be incremental and you have to broker um, understanding and and. Um, broker agreement across the aisle. I've already been thinking about that. You know, when I give my fi- give myself five minutes um, to think about after election, I think about who would be on my staff, you know, and I already have my eye on, on a Republican who works over at the State House to be on the staff to make sure that we're making those inroads uh, and, and building those relationships. Because, yeah, if I came in uh, and said, we're doing this, this, and this, it would be Knives Out for Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand that. Um, but, you know, I think I have 20 years of organizational experience. I'm always used to working with new leaders, with new agendas, and been there. And we'll, we'll do that as Secretary of State.
0: So what's your game plan for the next uh, 100 days and change?
1: <laughs> on the phone, on the road, Um and so, you know, we've built the campaign machine where it just kind of sustains itself. We're bringing in tons of individual donors every day. I outraised Diego six to one last quarter, uh, outraised him, and did we you buy had- a car? I didn't buy a car. <laughs>
0: just just to ask. We
1: well, he bought a hybrid. <laughs> so I hear, hey, you know, but that's a good discussion point because, look, a, a survey came out by the Coalition of Integrity for um, campaign oversight at the states. Indiana was last, 51, including D.C. So we were 51st second to last by 7 points out of 100. We were really really last when it comes to campaign finance regulation, statutory code, um the transparency. And so that leads to somebody like Diego to buy a car and get a, and get away with it. Like I don't th- I, I don't know if he bought the car the correct way. I heard he didn't. Um, but where's the oversight there? You know, and he's he can he's allowed to buy a car um, if he had done it if he does it the right way. So that's another thing the Secretary of State helps with, right? Is campaign finance and helps um, administer. Do we want uh, somebody who's buying a car administering campaign finance oversight for every other ca- candidate um, and incumbent elected official? No. Um, and so that is another area to improve. But back to your question, the next 90 days, just we're going to keep at it, keep doing what we've been doing, and making sure we're available to Hoosiers uh, and closing the gap for November 8th. All right.
0: Well, that's just Scott Wells, Democrat candidate for Secretary of State. Always good chat to you, chat with you. We'll be talking to you again real soon. Okay, thanks.